Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. Glory to you, Lord. Again, Jesus left the district of Tyre and went by way of Sidon to the Sea of Galilee, into the district of the Decapolis. And people brought to him a deaf man who had a speech impediment and begged him to lay his hand on him. He took him off by himself away from the crowd. He put his finger into the man's ears and, spitting, touched his tongue. Then he looked up to heaven and groaned and said to him, Ephatha, that is, be opened. And immediately the man's ears were opened, his speech impediment was restored, his speech impediment was removed, and he spoke plainly. He ordered them not to tell anyone. But the more he ordered them not to, the more they proclaimed it. They were exceedingly astonished, and they said, He has done all things well. He makes the deaf hear and the mute speak. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Streams will burst forth in the desert and rivers in the steppe. This passage embedded in the first reading from Isaiah in chapter 35. Streams will burst forth, streams ultimately of mercy of the Spirit. Earlier in the week, as you're probably well aware, Pope Francis sent out a letter to the president of the Pontifical Council for the Promotion of the New Evangelization. Wouldn't you like to have that title? He emphasized several areas of Catholic life that he hoped would give tangible expression for the year of mercy that begins on December 8th, the Feast of the Immaculate Conception. There are three points, I think, that are important to emphasize from the letter. It's really quite beautiful for the benefit of the Universal Church. Right after the letter came out, probably the next day, there was a headline that I saw from NPR. And it said this, During Holy Year, Pope will let priests forgive women who had abortions. Well, that's nice. But I've been doing that for four years. It's interesting. So maybe a couple clarifications and some distinctions. It's not new that priests have been able to forgive the sin of abortion. Commentaries widening the vision of the Pope's announcement have stressed that this week in contrast to quick reporting from various news programs like NPR. In the Diocese of Richmond, priests have what are called faculties. It's kind of a loosening up, if you will, of the sacramental power given at ordination to do certain things. And it allows us to handle in the confession, in the confessional, both the sin of abortion and the penalty of excommunication that is sometimes applied depending on the circumstance to the person who confesses the sin of abortion. So, the favor of the Pope, the favor the Pope is granting to all priests during the year of mercy beginning on December 8th, so not before, is a favor focused on the penalty, not the sin itself. It's the penalty that may arise as a result of procuring an abortion. 
And this would include people who have assisted formally in someone else choosing to have an abortion. It's important to note, though, it do, the penalty of excommunication does not arise in every case. And so someone might come in and say, I participated or I had an abortion. And they may or may not incur the penalty. It's up for the priest confessor to judge. So, if you've had the misfortune and heartbreak of participating in some form in an abortion, you've confessed the sin through the means of sacramental reconciliation with a priest here in the diocese, and you've received absolution, you are forgiven. Don't stress about it or worry about your salvation. You need not worry about whether the sin is forgiven. It is or whether you've incurred the penalty of excommunication. Just forget all about it. If you've received absolution, you have nothing to worry about. The faculty, this loosening up of the sacramental power, has commonly and generously been extended to most priests around the United States in most dioceses by bishops. It's also commonly extended in other parts of the world. What Pope Francis has indicated is that during the year of mercy beginning December 8, all other priests around the world will be able to handle both the sin and the penalty if it applies within the context of confession throughout the course of that year. It frees priests up who don't normally have the faculty to handle everything right there and not have to go through a more complicated process inviting the penitent to come back to the confessional at a later time. So, what all of this does is open a door for each of us. Go to confession. Okay? We have multiple opportunities right here in the parish throughout the year. There are even confession aids you can find on the website, so you don't have to go hunting around and asking an usher, hey, I need to go to confession, can you point me in the right direction? Just hit print. Take advantage of it. Point two, holy years and holy doors. In the letter, the Pope makes mention of the holy year and making pilgrimage to the holy door. This is a designation by the Pope and bishops upon various literal doors of specific basilicas and shrines through which the faithful are encouraged to enter and pray during specific periods to stir up faith and fervor. Some of these basilicas are the primary shrines in Rome. Uh, we might expect in the coming days in anticipation of the year of mercy for, Pope, for Bishop Di Lorenzo to designate one of the doors, let's say at the cathedral or maybe a door and a shrine like the basilica uh, in Norfolk, we'll see. Pope Francis indicates that one may receive a jubilee indulgence by visiting the churches and taking advantage of two things the Sacrament of Reconciliation, and the Reception of Holy Communion. The Jubilee Indulgence is the reception of graces that help alleviate the consequences of sin that impact the soul even after one receives absolution from the sin in sacramental reconciliation. We all know that consequences can befall us following sin. Is it really a big leap to consider that we're weighed down with those consequences, even though we've been absolved? We're weighed down by those consequences at the time of death, and that that reality impacts 
how we come to God and are embraced by him. Don't forget, the Lord said the road to the kingdom was narrow and not wide. However, we have no need for fear and anxiety. The church, as we're told in the scriptures, has been given the keys to bind and loose in heaven and on earth. And we're simply invited to trust the motherly care of the church. More will probably be coming out in the coming days on the the notion of indulgences and how one gains them and why it's necessary and why there's nothing to fear with them or roll your eyes at. Uh, So here are a couple of examples. Here's your classic textbook definition. And if you get all anxious right now, relax. All of this is already on the website. You can just hit print and there's links to go do a little more research if you just go, I thought we threw all that out at the Protestant Reformation. An indulgence is a remission before God of the temporal punishment, time punishment, due to sins whose guilt has already been forgiven, which the faithful Christian who is duly disposed gains under certain prescribed conditions through the action of the church, which as the minister of redemption dispenses and applies with authority the treasure of the satisfactions of Christ and the saints. That's, that's a direct catechism reference, relax. Here's an easier version. An indulgence, a set of graces, may be either plenary, full, or partial, depending on the work itself and your laziness when you go to do it, okay? So, what do I do? I do the thing the church prescribes, prescribes, the indulgenced work, being in the state of grace as I do it. So you can't have just shot somebody in the face and go, Lord, I want a full plenary indulgence so I can spring myself out of purgatory or out of hell. Doesn't work that way. Be in a state of grace when you do the thing. You want an interior longing to be away from all sin, including venial sin. You take part in confession. Going to confession with the intention that I'm going to receive or I desire to receive this indulgence. I receive Holy Communion in the same fashion. I desire to go and receive this indulgence. I pray for the Holy Father and his intentions, and usually we encourage an Our Father and a Hail Mary when we do that. Don't forget, he's the one that grants the indulgence, the Jubilee indulgence, and he's the one that establishes the criteria for indulgences in general, so it's good to pray for him. Ideally, all of that would occur in one day, so I decide I want to gain this indulgence right here, and I want to be free from sin, and I intend to do that. I receive sacramental reconciliation, Holy Communion. I do the work, I pray for the Roman pontiff, and boom, 15 days, cut right off. Doesn't really work that way, but that's close enough for an example, okay? If you get all anxious because you're worried about, oh my gosh, I've got to be in church long enough to do both confession and mass, and I'm never going to get home in time for the game. You have 20 days, 20 days from the time you do the work and the time that you move around for confession and Eucharist. The church gives lots of room. Okay? Again, all this stuff is right on the website. You can hit the links and do a little reading. So here's some examples of partial indulgences. We don't really list days anymore. Those of you that had those Sacred Heart badges when you were kids, your grandma used to carry them around in her purse. Pope Pius XII kissed the Sacred Heart badge and 40 days off of purgatory. We don't really spend a lot of time paying attention to days these days. Okay? So here's some examples. Prayer, morning prayer and evening prayer before the Blessed Sacrament. We do that five days a week at the convent. Come, intend to do the indulgence work, go to confession, 
uh, go to the, receive the Holy Communion that day. So go to confession within 20 days, boom, you got it. Okay. Um, taking part in the adoration of the cross on Good Friday. Praying the Anima Christi. Praying the act of contrition. We could do that every day. Spending some time before the Blessed Sacrament exposed on the altar, like we do each Wednesday and First Fridays. That, by the way, uh, is a, you can receive a plenary indulgence if you, if you pray before the exposed Blessed Sacrament for a half an hour. Another option, abstaining from meat, smoking, or alcohol for a whole day and donating a proportionate sum of money to charity. All right, notice what all of this is for. To stir up my fervor before the Lord. To attach myself in relationship to Him more intensely. You know, it's not a matter of throwing some coins in a bucket so that we can build St. Peter's Basilica. Okay? Very, very different than the way we typically think about indulgences. Okay. Within that, there's some touching things in the letter uh, that Pope Francis writes to this particular archbishop. He says, particularly he's concerned about those who can't avail themselves of the usual means of sanctification in the life of the church. And he talks about those who are homebound and those in prison. And he said, for the prisoners during the year of mercy, if you can't cross the threshold of a church and go to one of those holy doors, all you have to do is cross the threshold of the door of the chapel in your prison. Beautiful. Okay. Last point. The Holy Father extends a particular grace during the year of mercy that involves the priests of the Society of St. Pius X. They're commonly in the United States known as the SSPX. Okay? They've maintained the traditions of the Church prior to the Second Vatican Council, but not maintained full communion, even though their founder signed off on the conciliar decrees. The Pope grants the privilege to the faithful to approach those priests of the society for sacramental confession and absolution. So what does that mean? Well, first of all, it means that the assumption that the SSPX priests have been making and telling people that they have valid confessions on any given Sunday is incorrect. So if I've been going to an SSPX chapel to have my confession heard, it was an invalid confession. They don't have the faculty or the loosening up of the sacramental power to validly hear your confession unless it's a case of emergency where you might be dying. Okay? It does indicate, though, that the SSPX priests, contrary to some people, uh, some people's opinion, are Catholic and that they're validly ordained priests. Okay? It doesn't seem to indicate that they are receiving the faculty. The Holy Fathers are saying, here's a favor to the people if you like that sort of thing, you can go to those priests and they will validly forgive you. Okay? But it also seems to indicate that Pope Francis has a real desire for unity with some of these breakaway communities. He wants to bring them back, and this may be a first step for that community. None of this is particularly significant to you and me. There's only one SSPX chapel in the general area that I'm aware of, and it's Our Lady of Fatima near St. Bridget in Richmond. Please note, though, the SSPX is different from the FSSP, the Priestly Fraternity of St. Peter. They run two churches in the diocese, St. Joseph's in Bonaire and St. Benedict in Chesapeake. They are in full communion, even though they celebrate Mass according to the old forms of things. 
they're perfectly fine. You're welcome to go to Mass there. You're welcome to have your confession heard by those priests. Okay. Uh, it's important on some level that we're aware of the SSPX because they're building a four or 500 room seminary in Farmville. So in the near future, we're going to have to be dealing with the community a little bit more closely than we have up to this point. If you want to check it out, newseminaryproject.org. It's an unbelievable website and uh, opportunity, at least for them. Very interesting, I think, in the future. Okay, breathe. All this is wonderful stuff, okay? As we approach the year of mercy, December 8th, for a whole year from that point forward, uh, we're invited, I think, by the Holy Father to be creative about extending the Father's mercy in the truth of the faith, adhering to the Church's teachings, boldly proclaiming the Gospel. Okay. So, just a couple things. How might I be, how might I restart a conversation with a family member? Ask forgiveness, even though they're the ones that are supposed to ask forgiveness from me even though I know they need to budge and they're not budging. You know, give the benefit of the doubt. You know, expect, especially to someone who really doesn't deserve it. And the list could really go on. So my challenge to you tonight over family dinner, hint, hint, is to talk about some things. You know, think about people in your family that you need to extend mercy to. Friends, co-workers, bosses. How do we jumpstart the gift of mercy that the Father wants to extend to each of us and that we can do as practicing Catholics. Worth a thought. So, on this Labor Day weekend, may the Lord bless you abundantly with the labors of those who have toiled for this nation, that those labors may not be wasted, but rather invite each of us to pursue virtue and holiness of life.